Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 134 of Game My Mom Found. I am Mike Halberton, and who's with me tonight? This is Chris DeGarson of the uh, Pretentious Nerds over on YouTube. I am what they call the expert consultant on there. <laughs> nice. Well, welcome. Your first episode you're on with us. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. I'm excited to talk about what we're going to talk about. <laughs> you were the only person to respond to my ads for this game, so thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's a little obscure. I get it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's one of those one of those games that I love, and I'm, I'm just glad I found somebody to talk about it with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So before we go too far, I do want to say, if you're listening to this the day it came out, which some people do, you have one day to, or eh, about one to two days to finish voting the poll that we currently have for the anime and movie, because I'm this will come out on the 1st. I will let it run till Tuesday just to let it finish off. So if you still want to vote, please vote. We currently have a tie, and I don't like a tie, so please go vote. <laughs> For the animated movie poll, you see in our Patreon, just a little as a dollar. And also, we do have a new Patreon poll that we are starting for the month of August, which is going to be our first anime pilot test. So please go over there and you can go vote. And the four options are going to be Cowboy Bebop, Asteroid Blues, Outlaw Star, Outlaw World, the episode, uh, Akuma No Riddle, The World is Full of Blank, and Case Closed, The Big Shrink. So you get to choose which one of those we're going to cover for pilot test. So, so a little as a dollar, you can go vote in our Patreon poll. All right, I should introduce what we're going to be talking about today. We are here to talk about a game that never came to America, <laughs> not yeah. legally at least, uh, Live a Live, made by one of my favorite developers ever, Square, and came out in 1994 for Super Nintendo. Goodness. The year before <laughs> I was born, no wonder. I, so how did you first find this game, I want to ask? All right, so it was the summer of 2015, because I was thinking about this earlier, and I was kind of on a binge of finding games that either didn't make it to America or needed to be or like were translated um, and brought that way. So I played Terranigma, Live a Live and Mother 3 that summer. And I just like obviously I think Mother 3 is the one that sticks out. Like I absolutely this is my only mother game I've finished, but I absolutely love the heck out of it incredible um terra enigma i wanted to finish i i think i got stuck later on but super and good and then live a live was a game that i didn't really expect to love i just was like i didn't i just found it because i was going through english translations and popular stuff and what i found is like oh this game reminds me of saga i was like well i don't really saga games don't stick with me but i'll try this one out because people say it's so good and immediately fell in love with it. I just kept coming back to it. And every I was like, I'm usually overwhelmed when I see like a list of characters and they say, hey, choose one. You got eight different stories to go through. And I'm just like, this game will never end. Like, this is insane. <laughs> and then they're just so well paced. Each individual story, I think, couldn't be if I'm wrong, but it's like it's like a solid two to three hours. And they have such good bite, bite sized stories and they all um, come together so well. But yeah. They they really do. It's a it's definitely an interesting game. <laughs> That's for yeah. sure. And also, like from my first time finding it is, I want to say it was two thousand one or two thousand. I mean, no, maybe not that early. Maybe like two thousand three or it was sometime we were getting in when my friend and I were getting into ROMs and we had found a site called QualityRoms dot com at the time that no longer exists and they just had a handful of ROMs and one of the games they had was an English translation of this and they had a little review about it and talked about it. And we were both big Square fans. We were looking for new RPGs to play. And so we we tried this out. I remember playing this game on a keyboard because we didn't have a controller. 
in my, in my friend's in my friend's room, and we just sat. And I'd come over and I spend like the weekend. We I would just play this game while he was playing PS2, and I just wanted to play Live a Live on his computer because my computer couldn't handle it at the time. <laughs> That's wow. my first memory of this game. Yeah. I I want to say I finished it, but I don't know because the final <laughs> boss and everything at the end did not look familiar. So I don't know if I ever actually beat it. Really? <laughs> it's yeah. The until, ending. Until oh, yesterday. Yeah, that whole um, that whole final sequence was like the most RPG uh, part of the game, of course. You know? I mean, that's I think that's another interesting thing about this game for those that don't know, which is most people that are listening to this episode. Yeah. Uh, it's a it's a turn based RPG, but you're when you enter a battle, you're on a on like an open plane that has a grid format where you move on the grid, and as you move, depending on how many turns essentially pass, the enemy then can move or interact with you, and your abilities that you choose in your attacks all based on this grid of where they will hit and where you need to be into in parallel, the enemy to make the, the attack work and all attacks of different grids. Yeah. It's, it's a very, it's like a weird simplified tactics, uh, yeah. you know, a tactics game. And I always thought that was, that was the first thing that kind of stuck out to me when the battle system starts is that a lot of times like, gosh, not to get into other things, but like Final Fantasy VI, I love to death. But man, mm-hmm. I never clicked with the battle system as much as like even five, like four. I just oh. prefer over six. It's so Blast strange me. right now. Six is one of the best games ever made. Blast yeah, it, it totally is. One hundred percent is. But I, I for some just I didn't. I there wasn't enough there for me in terms of uh, I guess how it teaches you. But anyway, um, Live a Live is very. Like it, the combat is very simple, but I also think there's a level of depth to it that kind of makes it engaging. That keeps you each battle kind of like it never becomes a slog because even if it did, the like everything changes as soon as you go to a new character. Which is also very interesting about how this game plays. Also, I can't remember if I said that we both played English translation patches of this game because neither of us, I assume, speak Japanese. I read Japanese. <laughs> there's no official translation, but there's a translation that's been out for years at this point. Yeah, they've been trademarking it over and over again. I keep seeing it like pop up in little news things. And considering Square's recent like saga releases and how they've been really pushing that out in a really cool and quality way, I honestly believe we'll see this game in about a year or two released on modern consoles in the same way that like Saga Frontier and <laughs> Romancing Saga has been. So funny thing this game is not considered part of the saga series certainly yeah just the inspiration is so it is kind of i mean i have never played a saga game other than saga frontier but this game kind of has it because the whole the whole theme of this game is you have when you start off the game you have seven different characters you can choose from each have a scenario that then leads into a final scenario which is kind of like how saga saga frontier is in a way i don't know if they all lead into a final scenario but you have different scenarios that all kind of interconnect yeah like a little bit yeah, each saga game is its obviously its own like weird experimental RPG, and this is just kind of. Um, I know during its development, it was kind of talked about like the develop the director. Um, I wish I remembered his name. Wanted to do an experimental RPG, but like Saga was already kind of doing that. So like Square was like, okay, you do this other thing, and just kind of honestly made his own saga release. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's one way. That's definitely a way to, yeah. yeah <laughs> that's what it is. It. It's just like, I hope this game isn't, like, Square has a lot of just properties that just kind of sit dead from the 90s, and yep. they, they need to bring them back. It all depends. On, from what I've heard from somebody once on a podcast, it has all been who stayed with the company and what franchises keep going. Like, I mean, Final Fantasy, their bread and butter, that keeps going, but some of the other franchises, 
like with Romancing Saga, the reason we keep seeing more of those is because whoever, like the director of those games or the creator of it is still with the company. So they keep making those games where some of the other franchises, like the Chrono franchise, those guys have all been gone. So they just move on from that franchise. Oh, interesting. Huh. That's what somebody said. I don't know how much fact there is to it, but it does make a, I mean, the, the one fact is the Romancing Saga guy is still there and they keep making those games. So that's a fact. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I'm, I guess good on Square Enix for not like, you know, just trying to continue these franchises and like, you know, burning them to the ground. You know, I don't know. <laughs> I want more Chrono and I want more Xeno, but that's neither here nor there. Xeno is one of my favorite games of all time and I continuously get depressed that there's nothing to that. Oh, and a funny thing as I've been reading about this game, this game actually got re-released in Japan only for the Wii U virtual console and then on the new 3DS uh, eShop. Oh my god! So this game has come out since then, just they never ported it to America. Yeah, that's so sad. It's like the translation's good. Like, why not? I wish you'd have to. Well, I mean, I guess in this day and age, you wouldn't have to edit the stuff that they have in here. They could just put it in there; wouldn't matter. It's like Mother Three, you know? Like you have a perfect (laughs) translation out, and it just sits there. That's another one that I don't under like that one. I really don't understand why it's never came to America yet, because people really want that game. Yeah, I think it's just case of Nintendo being Nintendo and kind of just doing whatever the heck it wants. <laughs> yeah, that's probably, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even if money, like, you know, even if they make a lot of money from it, they don't, you know, I don't know. They have some particular way of doing things. Nintendo's odd sometimes. So, like, think about this game is when you, when you first boot it up and you first are looking at it, you get a you get a select screen of seven different characters that each will, you know, show you, like, a caveman, a cowboy, a ninja... And as they rotate around, you get you get to choose who you want to start with, and each one is set in a different time chapter, essentially a different chapter of history. Let's just say that's probably the best way to put it. Yeah. And so I want to know who did you start with your first time when you played this game? Yeah, I was thinking back to it just now. I think I so I didn't know what the game was at all, and I was just treated like a normal RPG, and I picked the knight character. And overall, like I think. Honestly, I don't think his is the best story, but I think it's still obviously still very good. What do you I mean remember, by like, night? Because Orchid's not there till way later. Yeah, yeah, and I remember picking that one. I was like, "Oh, this is fun. This is interesting," and just kind of going through it. But the one I picked after that, when I was like, "Okay, this game is strange," and the one I remember more, I picked Cube, the little <laughs> robot. <laughs> yeah, and that's when the game clicked with me. Like immediately, I was just. So, like, what the heck is going on? This is nothing like the night chapter I just went through. And just dealing with the AI, um, I guess, very uh, 2001 vibe. Oh, yeah. I want to I want to talk about Cube. Yes. <laughs> Let's so, go. So Cube's chapter, because when I, when I first played this game, I think I picked the, well, I picked the wrestler first because I was copying my friend. But <laughs> so each chapter is a little bit different. But the one that we're going to talk about first, is the futuristic chapter, which is the final one, I guess, whatever. It doesn't matter where you take these in, is you play as a robot. And you have no combat at all in this chapter. You just wake up, you're on a ship, you've just been built, and you just have to move around and talk to different NPCs or touch certain objects to trigger events, and that's all that the chapter is. And I remember as a kid, I'm like, this is the dumbest shit ever. <laughs> really? That's I didn't something. like it. Really? Yeah, that was, man, it was the one that I got me because it was just, I guess it was doing something so different than turn-based combat, but keep going. But now, like when I was going through it, I was like, wow, this is this is actually super cool. Yeah. I mean, I guess I didn't maybe I hadn't watched Alien yet or I didn't care about Alien because it's it's a whole science fiction chapter. Where you're on this ship that has a very like 90 90s technology vibe to it. 
like something from the alien. You know, like seventies, eighties technology vibe looks like from the alien. It has a very much looks like that ship or that vibe of that ship, that totally. that type of science fiction. Yeah, and it's just it's such a strange chapter because you really don't you just you just talk to NPCs. You talk to this guy, things happen. You talk to this guy, and oh, we we will be feel free to be full spoilers, of course, in this episode. Oh yeah, certainly. Because you know, don't worry about that. Because you know, this game from nineteen ninety four, I'm not worried anymore. <laughs> Just and, play it. <laughs> yeah, and it's just so cool how it just all starts happening. Like you, early on, you have these two guys go out in an airlock to go fix an antenna that all of a sudden broke. And as they go out there, one guy ends up his suit ends up rupturing. I think it was or something. There's a malfunction where then he you know suffocates to death. Mm. <laughs> and you know it's just all these little things like that they do. Like when you when you go and use a machine or anything, the text is all in green and it reminds me straight up of Alien. And the computer in 2001 Space Odyssey, very much of that vibe to it. Yeah. And uh, it's just, I mean, again, you know, my whole reason why I didn't like this when I was a kid is I didn't, there was no combat. There was no RPG elements to it. It was just run around the ship, talk to people. I mean, I used a guide, but for this playthrough, but you just talk to people and then it would trigger the next thing you continue on with the game. And, and it didn't click with me when I was a kid, but it clicked with me now. What did you like about it? That, I mean, exactly that, except the, <laughs> the fact I, the reason I liked it was because there was no combat. Is because I think a lot of times, and I, of course I love turn-based JRPGs. That's my like bread and butter. But I like when games. My favorite thing in video games is when they put you in a world and ask you to explore and interact with it. And that is exactly that what this does is you go around the ship, you talk to people, you interact, and like that continues the story. And it tells a I think a pretty interesting story. Um, just kind of how like Cube is interacting with his crewmates and how he like he's obviously the only robot there. And how he ends up having to save the day. And it's such a claustrophobic chapter, too. It's yes, not, it like, yeah, it's not a world that you get to roam around. It's a ship, right? And everything happens within the, within the ship. And I'm sorry to make this comparison, but it just comes to mind. It's a similar, like, I think of like Among Us, right? I think of mm-hmm. like every, everyone's trapped in this ship together and there's something going wrong and there's this weird sense of satisfaction i think uh that you get from a, you're all together and something happening and you have to get out and there's uh i think an innate excitement about that um that i just really clicked with i mean like when you have the captain like you have different points throughout this little chapter where the captain will talk to you but he's only on a computer screen so somebody dies he's like well that's unfortunate and then he just goes away and then i think it's after the second person dies he says the same exact thing yeah. No, no, the antenna breaks, he says it, then someone dies, he says it, and I think maybe someone else dies, says the same thing again, and they're like, wait a second, and the whole thing starts to glitch out. <laughs> they start yeah. realizing, uh, the captain's not, that ain't the captain. <laughs> and, it goes, well, it just goes in such a weird way, as opposed to, like, it is, it's, every chapter in this game is obviously very different from the rest, it's just in a totally different genre, but this is, sci-fi is obviously a lot more, like, a, a lot more crazy different than you would between like a ninja story and like a, a traditional fantasy story. Sci-fi is just all the way out there and uh, seeing what they can do with it was exciting. I mean, I was surprised how much it got me this time. Like you have these different people that are on the ship. You have a guy who's a, who's a military officer who isn't only on the ship because of their cargo, <laughs> which is also interesting. And like, I love how the, the game kind of like, you know, as you're going through this quest, if people start dying, you have one point where they go, you break into the corporal's office, you find an email where it says the crew is expendable. All that matters is the weapon. <laughs> yeah. And then you're like, OK, it must be the corporal that's trying to kill us because the weapon is all that matters in the cargo. And again, that's alien right there. Mm-hmm. 100 percent alien reference. Which I, I, I like that. And then 
I want to say it's shortly after that that when the behemoth breaks free, it's a big green beast that was locked in cargo that's just now running around your ship. Yeah. And you can also die different ways in this in this in this mission. I found out one. I was joke. I was you know games that don't touch. If you touch the airlock controls at one point, you can suck yourself out into the airlock and die. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you get hit by the behemoth at all, you instantly die. And he's like he roams around certain areas of the ship, usually where you need to go, but he's easy to dodge if you just run past him. Interesting. Yeah. But yeah. You can you can die a couple. There's a couple different ways that you can just kill yourself by pressing buttons you shouldn't press. Yeah, I remember doing that. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but I mean, that's you know, it add more of that tense of this of this murder mystery as you have things just progressing through. I mean, you have everybody except for the character that makes you, and the corporal ends up getting murdered in this. Like at one point, you find out the captain's been dead this whole time, and it's just computers taking over. Yeah, and it's just it's such an interesting chapter because one thing you do multiple times, you go make coffee for people. You just go make coffee and serve them coffee to continue the storyline as they're just yeah. talking, trying to figure out what to do on the ship and what, why is this happening? Why are people dying? What are we going to do? Yeah. Such a cool little RPG alien, you know, a little alien RPG. (laughs) Yeah. And it, and and I mean, it ends up, you find out the computer had been corrupted or something of this whole, whole time. You have to go in there and take out the computer. And that's when you fight this virus type thing or one of the, one of the overarching themes of the same boss that they fight every time, every at end of each chapter is something to do with Odo is in the name. And that's the same thing you fight in this. You know, I never picked up on that. I don't think that maybe I did. It's been a while, but wow. Yeah. So that's the whole thing. And that's, that's what it was. The Odo, whatever the, cause Odo is, has to do with Orsted. And then we'll, we'll talk about the end of the, the demon King and he's infecting a different timeline. And that's what it was in this is that he had been in there and he was affecting what was going on. And then, that, and then you end up and ends up wrapping up the little, the little thing ends up wrapping up where you stopped it. And then the ship, <laughs> Only two people are still alive, and then they, they end up, you know, put them back in cryo sleep and are heading to Earth or wherever their destination was to get more help. And it, it's just a, a little cute chapter, but it's pretty damn dark. <laughs> oh, yeah. And there's a lot in it. And I guess to go to that the battle and kind of why I clicked with this game even more is I remember that there's no... A, a big thing at the time that I struggled with, and it's like Terranigma didn't do it. Um, Mother 3 kind of had in it, in it, but like grinding, I was really just not like in the mood for so just the fact that like these stories are so self-contained with little like basically just no grinding at all and it's very straightforward and i remember getting obviously the only time that you fight in the uh, in this chapter with cube is the very end so it was just put you in it it's a puzzle at that point it's less of a actual just jrpg fight and it's more of a puzzle that you have to solve uh, and that's something that i really liked about it it works surprisingly well like I, I, you can fight one other thing in this game in in his chapter for no reason. Well, so you get an item. You can do the Captain Square battles at one point if you go through a certain like if you go and get a hidden key underneath the dead guy's bed at one point. You can then op- op- operate this game that has the same grid like pattern, but you don't fight a boss. You just fight other enemies. Oh, you get an cool. item or something, but I didn't do it. But the boss fight, you're right. It's, it's just a puzzle. You because you can't. You have your abilities that, that Cube already has, and Cube has the ability to heal himself. Completely, and there is no MP in this game. You can just use your abilities however you feel fit, which is also a nice feature. Yeah, totally. It's nice not having other things that govern it like a normal RPG. Yeah, no, like an over overwhelming list of options for you to use, you know, and to figure out. It's just like, hey, it's just a battle. You know? Every chapter is so different. Like another chapter that I want to talk about, the one that I first played, not this playthrough, but on my first playthrough, is The Wrestler, Masasur, Masaru, I guess is how I say it. Yeah, I think it's Masaru. And his is just like a fighting game. It looks like Street Fighter. You go and you will pick, you have a 
I think it's six different faces to choose from, and you'll pick whoever you want to fight first, and he'll just do little battles. I mean, that's just what it is. <laughs> he'll do like one-on-one battles with different characters, with different villains or different, you know, different people in this tournament you have to beat, and you also have to learn their abilities. Like if you are, if you don't play it correctly and you just don't do it the way you're supposed to, and you just don't, and you don't let them do their particular move, you will not be able to proceed if you don't have those right moves. I'm pretty sure you'll fail. Yeah. Gosh. It's I'm really trying. cool though. It's just a little fighting, like a little fighting game. Like he'll, he'll show him and he shows him training, a little sprite is training. Then it shows him like, I'm going to be the strongest. And he, and he's fighting different rest, like a wrestler and different characters. One that looks like Lieutenant Surge from Pokemon red. And, and it's just, it's a really cool little chapter. Cause again, there's no grinding this one either. You just fight, but you should yeah. fight in particular orders. You learn the right moves in order to beat them all better, which is what I did. I yeah. That. And again, that's <laughs> the, that simplicity. And that just kind of that straightforwardness is what I loved about it. And it's like, the stories, of course, they're not like they're not in-depth stories. They're just satisfying. I think they're relatable. I think it's just seeing these characters and just like this is your goal. This is your do. It's very reminiscent of like I think old NES games where, where of course the story is in the instruction booklet and you're just playing the game and they they give a little bit more dialogue over to be more relatable and live a live. But I think that that simplicity of the game is there and you immediately attach to yourself to these characters uh, in the same way that you would an old NES game. And I think it just makes it like you just focus on the gameplay and you become attached to the characters through the gameplay. And yeah, it's exciting. I do like the list of like wrestlers. He beats like one is completely a riff on Hulk Hogan and stuff. God, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Like Max Bomber, I think his name. I think his name is or Max something. But yeah, it's it's essentially just Hulk Hogan. It even looks like Hulk Hogan. Yeah, I'm looking. Yeah, I've just seen a picture of him. It's just it, again. It's I I love that. I love the little references to it. And I love the fact that each one is so different. And the final boss for uh, Max Morgan is his name. But the final guy you fight is called Oldie Oldbright, which is like this fighter who ended up killing everybody that you just got done fighting. That's he killed right. them all, and now and then you're fighting him, and it always makes you feel like. You're fighting Sagat. He looks like Sagat to me from Street Fighter 2. Yeah, he totally does. Yeah. And it's just like you're fighting him out. and You're not even in the tournament anymore. You're fighting him out in some wilderness area because he killed everybody. So you're defeating him as revenge. Yeah. And I, I, I like that a lot. And then the final scene of this little chapter is him looking at the ocean. And somebody's like, I could be if I beat him, I'll be the strongest in the background. Yeah. Which is just there. But it, it, again, real simple little chapter. And it's just, again, something very different. And also, the font is different for every single character you play as. The, everything with the font is different. The little icon that you use to select is different, too. Oh, like, yeah, in cubes, it's, it's a hook. It's, it, it, I like how they did that. They made it different each one. Yeah, it really adds a level of uniqueness to every chapter. And just, yeah, just thinking back to it, because it's, like, coming back to me as we're talking about it. Gosh, yeah, that, that whole... Because, like, that is engaging, I think. It's... It doesn't need to tell itself a, like a huge story, but I think it's just the simplicity of it. it. It really works in its favor, and just kind of trying to riff off a bunch of different like styles of genres and movies. Uh, of course, I think yeah, it's more movies in the terms of yeah. this, but they do it Rocky. in just such a good way. Yeah, of course. Him, you have a training mod of him just in the room with the music playing, him just training, hit hitting a punchy bag, do it. Yeah, sit ups. Oh yeah, this is rock. <laughs> yeah, it's just like playing seven di- like seven different movies you know and i think they really just pull it off well and i i think the tragedy of this game is that something that is not really done or has been touched on before or since then 
And of course, there are games where you choose several different characters. Of course, the saga exists. Of course, uh, games like Trial of Trials of Mana exist, where you choose different characters. But they never have they ex- like distinct genres in and of themselves. They'll have distinct stories, but they never feel totally different from one another because eventually they do obviously come together and so forth, so on. But this just really nailed an entirely different feeling game each time. And all seven of them are enjoyable. And that's what's such a, it's such a pity to me or maybe not pity, right word, but it's such a, it's, it's too bad. This game has never been ported yet to America because there so many people have no idea what the hell I'm talking about who would enjoy this. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, you have to get an emulation. Emulation is easy, but, you know, like stuff like this, I, I feel like, yeah, it's never, it hasn't come to America yet. And it came out in 1994, just emulated. I don't think anybody cares because it doesn't, it's not coming. <laughs> it hasn't come yet. They're not making yeah. money off it here. It never hit its like viral, you know, time to be popular here. I think, gosh, it's just the 90s before internet really took off, before games were, you know, as accessible and popular as they are now. I think people just see, I think they see this kind of like these short little stories. And I just didn't click with it as much as I wanted to. I guess the same way is like Mother 3 is very so easily accessible now. And I always see tons of people, you know, everybody wants it. Everybody's clamoring for it, but it's so easily playable. I'm like, just go play it. You know, Nintendo's not going to do anything. No, yeah, I I have started it once and I couldn't get into it for some reason. I got maybe an hour, two hours into it and I just stopped playing. The beginning is very slow. I will admit. It just wasn't. I think I just wasn't in the. I think I'd already started the podcast at that time, so it's hard for me to want to play an RPG when I play a game every week for this show. Oh yeah, I, so, yeah. <laughs> that could have been part of it. I don't remember anymore. I just know I tried it and I just didn't feel it, and I stopped. Hmm. Did you like Earthbound? No, not really. Okay, yeah. See, that's I, I didn't really care for Earthbound. Um, I wish I did, man. That's something I wish I could gotten into. I think it's, it's a good little game. bit dated. I just don't. I beat it. <laughs> I beat it uh, before I started the podcast. I went because I if I start a game, I force myself to finish a game in most cases. Hey, if you can do that, more power to you. I, I just I have to, it, especially if I get a certain point, I will finish that game almost no matter what. Unless the game like Beautiful Joe, where it just it would not let me. <laughs> I will I will force myself to. And that's just how I play. But yeah, no Mother 3 is a game I someday want. I want to go back to. I just yeah, it's got to be on the show and I'll, then I'll make myself play it. Yeah, if you force yourself through it, um, that beginning, I think it picks up. But. Same like with with this game. This is a game that I put on the show because I had I haven't I realized midway like I had always had this impression in my head like oh, I beat this game back when I first found it in the early two thousand, and I beat it again at some point in the last ten years. I realized I never played it again all the way through because I don't think I even beat it in the past because when I got to that when I got to the final boss and all that stuff, I had no recollection of it, so I don't think I ever beat this game. <laughs> How far <laughs> but, did you? Got. Did you finish all the characters? Or? Yeah, I got to the final chapter. I, I had uh, memories of everything up to that. Uh, I just didn't remember the ending stuff and the final boss. None of that was familiar to me. So I think I got to the end and then I just, just kept grinding and never finished it. Really? I think. So this was the first time I beat the game, I'm pretty sure, for the, when I played it for the show this past week. So <laughs> another one of the chapters that I want to talk about is a chapter that I went into with no anticipation because I remember not liking it as a kid. And I'm like, it's stupid. And that is the Cowboys chapter, Sunset. Really? You didn't like that as a kid either. No, I I thought I I liked RPGs and this is and this is another chapter that's not an RPG chapter. It's a it's you're a cowboy who rides in the town. You end up and it's a, it's a Clint Eastwood film. Now that I've seen Clint Eastwood films, it's essentially a Clint Eastwood movie, is what it is. And I think that's 
it made me appreciate it more now. Like the whole concept is you come into this town and this town is going to, is going to be attacked by some, you know, marauders or, or bandits that come in around and attack this town every so often and take their stuff and leave. And you end up killing one of the guys because you get into a fight with them in, in the bar. And you're like, oh, God, they're going to you. You just started something. And then this other. So you start and this bounty hunter comes with you and is trying to kill you. He joins you because you both and you have like a little cool. Like, I do like that little scene now where they're out standing outside the bar and they have a little, you know, shoot off. But they don't shoot each other. They shoot the two guys that are hiding, hiding behind the yeah, tree. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> That's a good scene. Like it, it's it's kind of a cool chapter because it a sense you go into this town, it's a little little town like five, like eight buildings, and you go to the bar and they see the wanted poster, and then you know they're like, oh, but we need your help, and you know like the the son of the sheriff takes the sheriff badge and puts it on you because the sheriff is a wuss and won't stand up to these people. It's it's actually a, a a really cool little chapter, and the whole the whole point of this chapter is that you have to. You have this whole art, the whole bandit, you know, group is coming to attack you and you can't really beat them by yourself. Well, you can, but it's not a very hard boss fight. So you have you you have like eight hours to go run through the town and find different items that you can then make or find different items. You can like a carrot, malt of, you can make a malt of cocktail, you find oil, bottles, rope, a shovel, you find different items. And then after you collect all the items, you go back to the bar and then you give the item to the different townsfolk that are in the bar and they'll go set up traps for you. And the traps will then dictate how many enemies survive when you do the final fight. The one fight in this, or the one real fight in this chapter. Yeah. Yeah. I think I did follow a guide for this. I remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't as a kid. And that's why I had a harder time because there were a lot more people left alive where this time I followed a guide because also the town folk each had different speeds. So if you didn't give yourself a lot of time, you come back. Certain people will not finish in time. They don't finish the trap isn't set and it won't help you. Yeah. But it's it's such a cool little part, and I also didn't realize as a kid that each trap is only used once. Like you, you can you'll get multiple carrots, multiple, you know, different items, but they only get used once. Yeah, it yeah. it's cool. <laughs> it's a, it's another example of this game. Just like every single chapter has something going for it in a unique in a way. It's just so cool that like this. It's almost like, oh man, I, I don't know how to say it. It's like every single chapter feels so distinct and just has such a really cool idea in it and how they pull it off is such a way that it's just I don't think any chapter in this game feels like a traditional video game you know I guess aside from like the night one maybe it just or sheets at the final yeah yeah that's true it's just like every single chapter in this game feels like its own little little event little adventure and I like I said before and I think the, this goes to the movies side of things it takes it takes genres that we like and stories that we like in these genres, such as a Clint Eastwood film and the idea of like protecting a town, obviously very classic Western, uh, you know, group of bandits coming in, lone wolf has to take care of them. And just how they, they get to that very quickly. They get to that sense of we need to like that, that main plot point of protecting the town. They get to that very quickly and how they make it unique how they take their own spin on it is what makes this game so incredible. Like even this chapter, I mean, I came into it not wanting to play it, being like, oh, this is stupid. And I had a great time just following the guy, grabbing the trap, following, you know, setting up the traps by giving it to different townsfolk and you kind of using, making sure I each of the ones that the guide said, to, okay, only do one of these. And I did all this. You even get like, and, and then watching the humorous thing as all the bandits come, you know, jumping in on their horses and different things happen to them. They blow up, they fall. 
one guy sees a, a, a nude poster and falls off his horse. Like yeah. it, it cracked me up. And that's like, I, and it was just fun. And then you get a, a simple boss fight. Once you kill everybody, <laughs> you just got to take out one guy who looks like he's from the Confederate, the Confederate soldier. What he looks like to me. The Gatling <laughs> gun. I mean, kind of with the look they were given. Yeah, uh, one thing that was told to me a long time ago, which I'm pretty sure is accurate is that the Japanese are very like fascinated with a wild West era for us. Cause they didn't have that where we are very fascinated with ninjas because we didn't have that as a culture, I feel. And I think that was another thing. That's one reason why this chapter is in this game. Because for a long time, you didn't have any Wild West games. I mean, now you have Gun. You you know, that came a long time ago, Red Dead Redemption. You have stuff that filled that hole. But at this time, there was very, very little Wild West, I feel, in the 90s. That's true. And if there was, it was very, like, simple. Uh, like Sunset Riders. Yeah, yeah. It was just kind of more or less, like, arcade shooters. You know, not really a story perspective um yeah type of western i can't and, think yeah. of any western game other than sunset riders from this era oh gosh yeah there's probably more off the top of my like i can't think off off the top of my head but none of them in my like that i'm thinking of have storylines that are no. more than just a dialogue one word i mean you didn't have anything like red dead redemption that came out way later and red dead revolver ps2 era yeah of course like yeah i guess they're definitely um, unless it's something really like hidden there's no I think Western RPG in the nineties, <laughs> not till wild arms on PS one. Oh, that yeah, good point. Good point. But that's late nine. I think that's late nineties, right? Yeah. I think it's 98, 99. I could be wrong. I can't remember that. Yeah. That's the only time you get a Western RPG. So this would have been the first in 94. Yeah. And this is so traditional wild arms. That I wouldn't, I don't know if I never played wild arms one, so I can't, I don't know if that's as traditional, of course, as come in, protect the town. I don't think so. No. I've yeah. never gotten far in wild arms. I'm pretty sure the future is a take on a cowboy theme. Yeah. yeah, but like the other thing, when you when you fight this boss in the Wild West thing, when you beat him, he turns into a horse. I <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. I don't because that. <laughs> yeah, turns into a horse as you find out that apparent when um the the whole this whole group had gotten destroyed by I forget who it was if it was supposed to be Indians or if it was um, Union soldiers I can't remember but they got massacred and the only survivor was a horse. And this horse, it took in all the hate and all the the pain and became this had, had become these bandits. And again, the guy's name that you're fighting is o, O-D-E-D or something. O-D-E-O. And there's an O-D-E. Or no, it's just called Deal, but there's an O somewhere in this. I know that, but I can't remember where. I think I I watched JoJo in 2013. So I think I think whenever I saw Dio, I think that's where my head went. And <laughs> it never went. <laughs> that never connected the other way. Yeah, I, I just knew that's where it was going with this because I so I I was looking for it this yeah. time when I played it, so that could have been part of it why I knew it was there. But I, I like the fact that the chapter can be real difficult if you don't set any traps and you can just sit in the bar and just keep having drinks and wait until the whole time passes and then you, and then you fight a giant boss fight. Yeah, it's just cool that, that that option is there. The fact, yeah, the the fact that there is an element of player choice in this. In this game that you would think, like, there's already so much going on in it. There's so much, like, so many different characters. There's so many different stories that not only is it does it stop at just telling you the story, it lets you have, like, consequences if you don't do certain actions. Each story kind of has different paths that uh, open up based on what you do or don't do. It's very interesting. It, it's, it, it definitely stuck with me a lot more this playthrough than I realized before. So I want to talk about the last chapter that I did because I was scared of it. <laughs> I'm scared of it. Okay. Yeah, a little. So the last chapter that I finally tackled was the ninja chapter. 
okay. out of the out of the seven because I I it's it's the longest of the set, so I was kind of like, okay, I'm gonna wait to do this later. But the ninja chapter, I think, is also another one that's very interesting. So you're this you're this ninja that's been sent to go assassinate some guy in this castle, and you know there's mythical type thing going on, and but and it, each character, some of the characters have special abilities, and this guy has ability where if you hold down a button, he can cloak himself. And so the idea is that you are sneaking through this big tower, you don't ha- you can actually do this whole level without killing anyone if you want to. You actually get you get the best sword in the game for him if you don't kill anyone. And it wants to keep track of all the kills that you get. <laughs> Dang, I did not know that. Wow. Yeah, it's you, you can just cloak, you can just hide. I mean, there's a whole guide of how to do this with zero kills. I didn't do that. I killed 82 people. <laughs> I was going, I mean, 100 kills is the max. I was going, I was trying to get my 100, but I just lost interest in the end because there's no point. Yeah. But yeah. as an RPG, I'm killing everybody. But yeah, you actually can run around, cloak yourself when an enemy is nearby so they don't see you, and then run past them. Like it, it's a, I mean, and it's a, and you're in a huge complex that you go in the attic, you climb around. There's, there's actually two optional boss fights in this little section. I know when I played this as a kid, I never even gotten the second of the three characters. I missed him completely. Oh, really? I was playing it. Yeah, he's he's in a cell. You have to drop down in a cell and you have to beat the boss fight in a certain way. You have to defeat all these little souls in the boss fight room. And then you have to hurry and rush to the boss. Otherwise, you don't if you miss one of the little enemies floating around, he'll re- he'll resurrect himself. And as a kid, we couldn't figure that out. So we thought the room was an automatic death trap and we just didn't go in there again. But that's how you get the second character. That player choice is insane. Yeah, and the fact that you can do this whole chapter with zero kills or 100 kills or whatever kills you want to do, I mean, that's really cool. And you even get something if you don't kill women. Like, there's be random women you see you can just kill just because. They don't put up a fight or anything to get experience, but you can just kill whoever the hell you want. You'll see random people sitting around and on beds that don't even attack you unless you talk to them. It, it's such an interesting chapter. There's one part you have to literally sit in a room and wait a minute for the enemy to drop from the ceiling if you want to get the kill. Wow. There's also a password system that goes on. They show you early on where there's two different words of the password. Every time the bell dings, the password changes. So you're and the game will tell you when the bell dings, and you're supposed to pay attention to it to see when things are happening. I didn't care. I just gave them the wrong answers. I could kill everybody. But again, another way for you to sneak by people when you have to. You give them a password. Gosh, this chapter has so many puzzles in it. It's mm-hmm. Man, I feel like I just when I played it in 2015, I probably bypassed most of them. <laughs> There's a trap. There's a trap guy you got to fight with traps you have to like, get by, and it's a lot of interesting stuff to this chapter. This is it's a really good chapter. Dang yeah, I guess that's where like when I first played it, I did not expect to like you know enjoy it as much as I did. But every single time, because I mean honestly, it's it's a fault, but especially back in the day, it's like. When I, I just see like a ninja chapter and like I'm just like, oh, OK, you know, it's like I may I was just kept waiting for the boring chapter. I kept waiting for that one. <laughs> I wouldn't like because it was because it just bound to happen. I was like, OK, there's something boring is going to be here. It's just I'm going to have to go through just repetitive combat. I just won't end up liking it. And then every single time they like change things up every single time they make it fresh and exciting. Uh, and this like a ninja chapter where you would just expect to be like, you know, sneaking through a mission, going through and doing fights. They have this whole set of different traps, styles just to get through it. Yeah, and you can even get like two different characters in this chapter. I didn't get one of them because I didn't get an item to drop where you get another like you get a robot that looks like you. Oh, I remember that. Oh, Robo. I never got him. I'm only looking at a thing right now online because I just 
I, there's a boss you have to fight and you have to beat him a certain way, which I did, but then he didn't drop the items. I said, oh, well, and I just moved on with the game. Mm-hmm. I was on time constraints. I was trying to beat this game in time for the show. So <laughs> I was like, yeah, I don't have could... time to screw around. Yeah, this game, that's the thing. It is like on the shorter side, but it can be made. It's like made to be replayed, you know? Yeah. You can also, once you beat a chapter, you can replay the chapter again and again if you want to. It's there and before you play Orsteeds. Yeah. So that's another thing that's very interesting about the game. But no, the ninja is just, it's a really good, I mean, it's a giant, giant mansion that you're in that can get very confusing because there's trap, there's hidden doors, there's trap doors. In order to get to the final area where the final boss is at, you have to go through some hidden doors at different points. Like it, it I got lost at one point because I stopped using the guys because I was just doubling back to do something. And I had a hard time finding my way back to where I wanted to be. Hmm. It took me a bit, and I was like, okay. And another thing we hadn't we hadn't mentioned yet, but as you have other characters in your team, they follow behind you, and if they touch an enemy, you also start a fight. And I love RPGs where enemies follow behind you. I did not know that. I always I didn't remember it. <laughs> I just I always been a big fan of that. Yeah, and the ninja cool. chapter is, I think, one of the more complex ones because there's uh, it has two optional bosses. One is a giant fish that I did not fight because he is, well, I tried and he killed me, so I didn't bother again. <laughs> and there's some other thing you can fight to to unlock a really good weapon too, but I didn't bother with it. Hmm. But it, it's it's a very cool chapter. And then you as you as you go through, you finally will end up confronting the the actual boss at the end of it. But also one thing I do want to mention is when you get to the end of this chapter, if you didn't kill any women, a, w- a woman will run up to you and give you two special items if you avoided killing all the women. You can go back and kill him after you get the item just because if you want to get 100 kills, but you can avoid uh, you can avoid. <laughs> I didn't bother at that point because I was I kind of want to get 100 kills, but they like you get nothing for getting 100 kills. You get something, you get zero kills, but nothing for 100. So I'm like, eh, doesn't matter. I, I'm yeah. leveled up enough. There's a lot of secrets and just hidden stuff in this mm-hmm. little chapter. This, this is this is like I said, it's the longest chapter. and It's probably the most complicated chapter, too, because. You can get screwed up pretty bad if you're not if you miss certain things or if you if you are trying to avoid people, you can get messed up because you won't be leveled up enough. I mean, like I said, I never got the second character, which is actually really good because he has he has an ability when he hits them, he kind of paralyzes them for a turn. You can skip their turns. He's really useful. And I never got him because I didn't know you could. (laughs) (laughs) So it's a it's a really good chapter. Oh, what chapter should we talk about next? We got the few that we got left. Another one you one you want to mention? I want to touch on the, the caveman one. Okay. And just kind of like another weird one. So I am very one of like, I didn't care for his character design. I, that's kind of what I based it off. That's what he was one of my last ones because I just saw him and I was like, Oh, I don't, I don't care for cavemen. Like that's, that's just whatever. But I, yeah, (laughs) that was my initial reaction to it. And again, I don't remember too much of like exactly in depth in the chapter, but I just remember like actually getting like clicking with it. And just kind of how like there like is the tribe right where you like walk there there's you like you were a part there's like a village or I guess whatever you can call it um, yeah, it's a village or a settlement either word works with them and the, like there's more to it than just being a a, a little annoying little caveman <laughs> that uh, that just kind of just he doesn't speak right nope there yeah. nobody talks they all talk in all their bubbles are just different images. <laughs> of what they want like there'll be images of the girl stuff like that that's right that's oh it's just i think the probably one of the best things about this game is its charm right is every single chapter has a very unique charm to it and uh, of course it's just it's weird it's funny it's quirky don't you fight a isn't the the, the like a t-rex or something that you fight 
In the final, yeah, the Odo yeah. thing you fight as a giant T-Rex. As it starts off, you see, which reminds me of King Kong, you see this, like, this guy in, on this platform above a cave, and they talk about this girl they're going to bring, and then, because they're going to sacrifice her, then the girl escapes, and then some running to your, to your settlement, or your caves. And there's no dialogue at all. <laughs> just cavemen yeah. just running. The cavemen are idiots. They, one guy will run into a, you know, see different people fall out for just different reasons. They'll run into a wall. They're just stupid. But... <laughs> It, it's actually like I, so when I was in this chapter, I had no interest in it at first because I remember not liking it the first time I played it. So I was kind of like, eh, I'll play it this time because I should. But I actually had a lot of fun with it. It's actually really humorous. To, so, there's no text just to watch these characters just make little, you know, little bubbles with different emoticons in it. And that's how they communicate. Yeah. And I remember it being just kind of sweet, right? With the girl and uh, the, like, the caveman. Does he have a name? I just don't remember. Oh, go. Pogo, okay, thank you. So Pogo um, starts off in a room with, with this monkey companion that you have. You have to punch him in the face to start your start your thing. And you get punched all the time. Like If you talk to a guy when you're not supposed to, to go into a door you can't get into, he'll punch you. <laughs> like There's just a lot of really dumb stuff. And, and one of the things about this chapter, this, this chapter is much more like an RPG than some of them are, where you have to get crafting items in order to make things you can make weapons like you can actually in one of the first room which i never knew about this until i read my guide where you have a room you talk to a guy another guy will, will come in the room you have to talk to every guy until 19 guys run into the room you talk to the 20th guy and you get a bunch of items and it's just weird little things where you're actually supposed to do that because that's the only way to get a certain item that you need to make some of the be- some of the weapons yeah that's something i didn't do it because i couldn't get it to work but that's what the guy was telling me to do but it's just a really cool little aspect of the whole the whole story of this thing is just you trying to go and get meat at first and then you end up trying to rescue a girl because the girl ends up sneaking in and there's like a little there's some funny ass scenes too where she ends up doing a little heart symbol and i guess if you feed her a certain food she'll flash you too at one point (laughs) and the thing about pogo chapter i think is that like the the because some of the characters have have a different ability when you press i think it's why his is he'll he'll sniff and a little cloud will come up and you can use that cloud to see where random battles are going to be oh that's right and it's such a, I, I, again, I had no interest in playing this chapter, but I actually leveled and leveled and leveled in this chapter because you can. Really? I never did. Hmm. Just And you have to go through some stuff to get the girl to join. You have to like put, you put meat in the, in the, you have to give her, you have to give her a bunch of like meat that you got from animals that you killed yeah. <laughs> and she'll come out of the haystacks. And if you give her the wrong, if you give her a bone, she'll throw the bone back at you and hit you in the face. <laughs> <laughs> I did that too. But it's just very humorous, and and the whole thing was is that you, this girl had brought in free that was supposed to be sacrificed, and then these other caveman come and attack you, and take the girl, destroy your little your little town, and then escape with her. And you have to go after them and to get her back. But she's actually the most powerful character of the three. Yeah, <laughs> she has an ability at level twelve or level ten. They call Lala that does like four hundred points of damage when oh the God. boss only has six hundred health. So, the chapter. So, yeah, once you get that, you're just like, boom, it's over. But it, another thing of just like I, the stories being so simple, yet so engaging. Yeah, just how they do that. And just being so silly, being so stupid, but it, uh, providing you with enough like enjoyment, enough charm to where I honestly thought it was like a sweet. I remember, yeah, I remember it being a sweet little story between the girl and the like Pogo. It is actually with no dialogue. It is. And like the rival guy that you're fighting from the other clan that's trying to capture her who's naked besides a lizard on his junk. <laughs> Where when he attacks you, he shoot one of his attacks, he'll shoot the lizard out and they'll blur out his privates. Like it's just hilarious. <laughs> Stupid, but it's funny. Yeah. 
it's just such a it's a creative little game in each chapter even this chapter which was one of my least favorite as a kid i spent hours just leveling i didn't need to but that just came out in me and that's just what i just leveled and it's a really cool little chapter and pogo actually became one is one of the best characters in the game actually i used him in the final yeah i never uh i i still never used him in the final because i was just like caveman now <laughs> i was too until the guy told me to there's also two op- there's also an optional boss in his Chapter you fight a giant mammoth because the whole the idea is you can fight some of these optional bosses and get certain equipment that you then put on the on the character so then when you do the final chapter they'll have that equipment with them I didn't care but yeah it's cool that is there yeah totally and you also like and then when you finish Odo's chapter the whole thing is you end up getting back to where the girl is and you go to rescue her and you guys end up because she's been tied to a to a pole to be sacrificed to a giant dinosaur you fall down the hole with your rival and you end up you, the rival, end up working together to fight Odo, this big dinosaur. Yeah. And that's... I like that. It reminded me of Chrono Trigger. Yeah, just a nice little sweet story. It's something <laughs> that sells out a lot. And at the ending of each little chapter when you beat them, it shows all the characters kind of doing whatever they did at the end. You know, like, they all had kind of, like, it shows them as the credits are rolling, you know, them doing stuff. Like, they succeeded. Like, in uh, for this one, it shows the monkey having sex with, like, eight different monkeys. Oh you know, monkeys that run into a cave and they have little hearts all around. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. That, that comes back to play in the final chapter if you did his special ending. So oh that brings God. us now to only two chapters left. Yes. The one that I that I gravitated towards when I was a kid and I, I kind of I saved for second to last was the Mecha chapter, which you play as Kira, which is supposed to be like a punk. I call it like a punk future, I think is a good way to put it. Yeah, that's. Gosh, I'm trying to remember more of this chapter because I remember this was one of the first ones I clicked because, I mean, it's Mecha. You know, it looks cool. <laughs> it's the most anime, I think, aesthetic, you know, of the entire, yeah. of each one. And that's obviously what I gravitated towards. And I don't, I remember there was like a city map. Right? There is. Yeah, I remember that being really cool. And I remember the park. But I don't remember much else. He's he's a psychic kid who wakes up in a park, and then the game kind of shows you early on that he has the ability to read minds, where it makes you hit the Y button to read people's minds throughout the chapter to progress it. Because each so many characters have like a specialty, specialty, and that's his. Yeah. But it's very like it, it's it's a very cool chapter. You're an orphan who was an orphan because your father was a was a police captain and got killed by these gang members. And these gang members have like skulls on their heads and stuff, and you end up getting attacked at the park, and you have to. And the whole, like, part of the thing is it has this world map that you go on to that you were mentioning, and you can go into a few different buildings as it progresses the chapter, but the enemies will spawn, and as you level up fighting these enemies, they will the enemies you fight will keep changing, which is also kind of cool. That's right, yeah. Every time you level up, they change the format of what you're fighting. Yeah. And you, the whole point of this chapter, well, not point, <laughs> I shouldn't say whole point, what yeah. you have to do is you go to this orphanage that you're from, and you end up having to, like, Again, this game being this game being very different, you have to talk to certain NPCs to trigger different things. And you can also get a lot of items in this game are hidden in chests, or not even chests, but just hidden on bookshelves and pots. And it does that all the time in this game. You have to check everything to find items. Like, yeah. Hell, in this chapter, there's a there's a part where if you talk to certain people, there's one point the girl that like that runs the place goes away from the washing machine, and you go and sit, you have to you have to talk to this kid and go sit on the toilet, and the kid will keep bringing you different items that he's stealing from the washer. Because you're trying to get her panties. <laughs> That's, you, you steal her jeans, you steal everything, you steal her shirt, and then you finally steal her panties. And she comes in and yells at you. And if you wait, and, and, if, you, and if you don't leave, the kid will run back in with her panties. 
which is a piece of equipment you can wear. It's a helmet. Wow. It's stupid. But she calls you a pervert and everything. She's like, you're a pervert. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, it's, but it's just, it's just funny. Right. Yeah, it's kind of... so stupid. I mean, I, I remember laughing as a kid. I'm like, wow, this is dumb. But it's I mean, like, yeah, I'm like, this would probably be changed if it came to America. But oh, yeah. <laughs> at least back then it would have been. Yeah. Man, it's, I... it's a good. It's a good chapter. It's one of the longer chapters where you do a lot of different fights. You yeah. you end up the whole point is you're trying to operate this giant robot, which you can't operate at first. And you're trying to defeat the Crusader game. Like and one thing it talks about in this chapter, they liquefy humans or liquefy people to put them inside robots. And you get a you get a turtle that dies and gets liquefied and put into a robot turtle that becomes your ally. <laughs> I, oh, that's right. Yeah. I also played Xenogears around this time. <laughs> And I remember that being like, I remember being like, this is just a common trend in my life right now. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a very odd chapter. Like it also, this is a chapter they mentioned, wash your hands multiple times. And there's one part <laughs> where in order to operate this giant mech, you have to touch a book, touch a statue, run down the stairs and make a prayer, run back up these stairs, which is like six screens, wash your hands, then go to the toilet to start this mech. <laughs> it's really strange but it's amusing like it's a very amusing chapter which can play differently because you have to go to certain places and talk to certain people if you didn't talk you know and one thing i had a problem with in this game originally is that i wouldn't talk to people sometimes so if i didn't talk to certain NPC, it would not trigger an event to happen and yeah. it's very much about that and this one you have to mind read certain NPCs to get events to trigger i think that's also very cool yeah again it just plays so different and I, yeah, it's such a different style. I, of course, the mecha thing is what that gets me. <laughs> it, it's a pretty good chapter. It's like there's a part where you have to go inside an office building and you can do a different way. It's a, it's a maze of an office building and you have to go up there and, and confront this and confront somebody. But you can, as I was reading the guy, the guy told me to do it one way. I just ran around the building and killed everybody until <laughs> I found my exit. But it was fun. And and also this this chapter is very notorious for it, where you'll have you'll have multiple enemies in a, in a room or in a battle. Where one is powerful, like a robot or something, but all you have to do is just kill the the weaker guy, and then everybody dies. But you don't get items then; you won't have a chance of getting items. So it's kind of a cool risk reward where I would just, I would try, but I could never succeed in killing, so I would just kill the the weaker guy and just get it done with. Yeah, Dang. but it's, it's it's a really good chapter. I mean, then you find out that like as the chapter progresses, you find out that one of the characters that joined you actually killed your father. Yeah. Uh, they burned down your orphanage at one point. Yeah. But the way that so it has some like deep dark stuff. But the the way that the chapter ends, you finally get the strength to operate this mech, this giant mech, and you have to go to a Buddha like temple, and the statue comes to life that is in this water. You find out is not really water, but all liquefied humans that they kill. Like over two thousand people, they turn to liquid. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a little messed up. Yeah. Oh yeah, and just oh, man. Again, I really loved how the combat in this scenario worked. Uh, I remember, I'm starting to remember, it's like using, just not having to level up, not having to, having that final battle be in the mech and just kind of, I don't know, I always was not like relieved at not having to grind or anything. I That's, that's always something that's really important. And I think the combat system was, like it wasn't hard, but it wasn't easy. You know what I mean? Yeah, it definitely has some flexibility to it because some of the moves you have, they don't explain a lot of what your abilities do with the descriptions. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, this is a good chapter. I remember it being one of my <laughs> favorite. I just wish I remembered more about it. <laughs> it is a good chapter. Yeah. And then that brings us to only one of the main chapters left to talk about, which is the monk. 
which is a very interesting chapter because you don't the character that you pick is not the one that you play as for long. So every other chapter you pick a character and that's the character that you are. In the Kung Fu chapter, you pick a monk and his whole thing is he's trying to pass on his his art, his martial arts to somebody else. And you have a, a few different scenes you have to go and you have to go collect three different three different students in different places. And the way that this this chapter works is that you can you can choose who to train to will survive. Because there's three different yeah. students, and depending on who you train, that's the one that will. And you want you you do like this little battles where you fight them, and they learn your moves. Where you're only, I think, the first time we played this, we we did each character like a little bit, thinking that okay, we want to help each one. But yeah. in all honesty, you're able to pick one, whoever you want, and then train them the most. And one's one's really fast, one's stronger, one's you know the the medium, you know, like a normal beat em up or a combat type game. We have three different characters. Yeah, God, and I didn't when I was a kid. I thought because my friend did played this first and. He thought, oh, you can only save the one guy. You can, because that was just who had survived when he did it. Mm-hmm. But it turns out, as I was reading, you can pick whichever one of the three that you want. Do you remember which one you picked? I'm looking through them real quick. I, because I, I do, I remember being kind of, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Okay. I'm looking through the characters. I'm pretty sure it was Yuan. Yeah. Okay. That's the, that's the medium one. Yeah. The average guy. That's who I picked too. Really? But that's yeah. because. We did this originally. We thought he was the only one that can survive, but he's. Not. I, I found out this playthrough. He's not. <laughs> All Man, three can survive. Game being able to like again. This is like I feel like the most different in terms of. I mean, we keep saying that each one is each chapter is so different from the rest. But I remember joining doing this chapter and being like, okay, what, what's the deal with this? And just like as you go around and you actually get to like. To like teach your students and like train them and being able to choose them is so incredibly unique and cool. You have to use a the, the whatever move you, that you use on the student when they when they level up. That's what they learn. So the whole idea is that each battle you want to use just one move so they learn that move when they level up and you're passing on your 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 arts. It's, that's such a yeah. What an incredible idea. It's really cool, and the fact that, that depending on who you train depends on who survives. Because at one point you go to town to go take out some ruffians, and they will, ki- and then the ruffians then attack your your little school, and they kill the other two students. And you come back, and your other two students are dead. Again, very dark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he buries them too on the mountain, and then that's when you have. Then he's like, "Okay, I'm done," <laughs> and he goes to go cause revenge on whoever on the people who killed him. He goes to this temple, and you have to. And depending on whichever you know poop student that survived that you chose essentially by training the most will then join you a different part throughout the chapter when he goes yeah. there and you have to just go through which really feels like a martial arts movie where you just go in each room and you just take out a bunch of guys and they just get harder and harder as you progress through yeah until you finally get you fight tigers and you finally get to the end where you get into a big room with a giant table and the guy will introduce all these people to like oh this is this guy and this is this guy and. And they fight, and you and you talk and fight each one, or you fight each set of them one by one, and it's it's really cool. Like it, it really felt like a martial arts movie. Yeah, and the fact it's such a again this each story in this game I think is quite like is easy to get invested in, especially I feel like this one might be one of the highlights, and just how it is able to tell such a like emotionally driven story in a very short amount of time as you like train your students and then dying and then again acting revenge and getting to basically your choice of who gets uh who gets to be carried on it's just 
the level of player choice, like in JRPGs, of course, are notorious for not really having much player choice. And you kind of just uh, they are just like A and B stories. This one, like despite having already eight different or seven different choices to choose from character wise, even gives you more in each chapter, which is what's so cool. And like you can also like, you can screw yourself in this one, too by not training your student enough so that when you ha- when that student is the only one character you have, they're not, not going to be powerful enough to finish the fight. Yeah. I think that's kind of cool too. I don't, I wouldn't like it if I didn't know, it was, you know, prepared, but I, I did get a kick out of it. And I like the different, and just all the different bosses that you do when you get to this table and it's like, it just felt very like a martial arts movie to me. It was like, okay, now you get to, you know, this is this person, this is this person. And you fight these different groups. And then finally you fight like an old man, which I guess was the guy's master before you had the final fight with Odar, the old guy. That also is cool to me where he ends up trying to trick you <laughs> and has two assassins to try to kill you instead of instead of instead of him. Yeah. And and then you're this is when your master sacrifices himself, which then gives you the energy to to fight him and the in the rage to kill him. Like it's just such a cool chapter. Yeah. It it feels like a, a Bruce Lee movie. It really does. Yeah. A really good storytelling too in this chapter. It, it, it was another one that I I, I played this chapter second because I was excited for this chapter because I remember liking this one. I did the I did the wrestler first again just because, but I was excited for this chapter and it and, and it held up a lot more than I thought it would. Yeah, I thought the whole game holds up a lot. Yeah, and then after you beat the seven chapters, you unlock a hidden chapter which wasn't there before. And you when we first started talking about it, you said that was the one you played first, or did you mean a different one? Oh oh oh! I think gosh, I totally forgot about the night. <laughs> Being the last one. Wow. Yeah. Don't because get the night leads, till... right, Yeah. It leads right into the final chapter. Yeah. Um, God, then I think Cube must have been my first one. Okay. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> I I like the night chapter. It it starts off like like very basic RPG type stuff. Oh, you're a knight. You won a tournament. Oh, the, the, the princess got kidnapped. Oh, you got to go save, you know. And you, it's a knight and a wizard. And you just go and have to go rescue her and fight a demon king. And I, I like it. it. It's very, at first, it's very fantasy, very normal RPG-ish type thing. Yeah. And you have to go and find the two warriors that fought the demon, you know, years, decades ago. And one's hiding the cabin, doesn't want to talk to anybody. And the other is a monk that's in solitude also. And his name is Uranus for some reason. And... <laughs> It's actually a real, I mean, it's not a lot. None of the chapters are that long, but it was a, it's a, it's a good little chapter as a huge twist as it progresses. So you get these two characters and you have to go up and you go to, and you finally go to the demon, demon castle to fight the demon. And it, it's, it's a really cool little chapter. Yeah. I remember really liking it. I remember like, I think because it was like, it, you're getting near the end, right? We're getting near yes. the final, the final chapter. Right. And I, I, I guess we'll talk about it. Just the twist of the who the Demon King is, I thought was really really cool, uh, and just kind of how. Gosh, wait, I could be I could be totally wrong here, but I remember it's you, right? Yeah, you become the new Demon King. Yes, because what happens is he goes up there. He you defeat the Demon King. Then one of the heroes you're with, oh, the demon's not strong enough for some stupidity, and yes. you don't find the princess because you don't check the secret entrance in the statue. And so you guys go to leave. The hero dies, the old hero, from he's just too weak from the fight. And the wizard that you fought with in the, in the competition in the very beginning of this chapter, who you beat, who joined you, stays behind and dies, in quotations, when the roof collapses. 
What he really does is he opens up the statue, found the secret, and goes and rescues the princess while you go back to town with the with with only your with only the monk and the hero had died and Strabo had died. And they think that like okay, and then as you're sleeping, you're all sad because you didn't save the princess. You end up getting woken up in the middle of the night, and you go to the king, and you see it, and you see the demon that you just got done fighting and beating, and you go and you fight the demon, and you kill him in one hit because it's the king. You killed the king. Yeah, and that's when everything kind of hits the fan because they they see that he killed the king, and they're like, "Oh, he's a murderer!" And then they think you're the demon, so you get thrown out of town, and he loses everything. Gosh, and it yeah. isn't until you do a couple, like you have to go and find the monk go back to the castle they throw the monk in prison with you the monk sacrificed himself to save to get you out of prison and you have to run away again and you go back to the demon castle and that's when you they find you find out that the wizard that you were with your partner put the spell on you to make you kill the king and turn you into a villain he betrayed you because he wanted the princess god what a cool yeah i remember just being blown away by that back in the day and that was like the twist i just that stuck with me and then how that, of course, leads into the final chapter with you fighting the Demon King. So it, it, so what it shows, it shows him become, because after he's been branded as a traitor and a monster, he, you have to kill the maid. He's like, you know what? He, he's like, people are evil. And he becomes the Demon King. And in, this one, in the, one of the rooms of this temple, you see all these statues. And the statues are all the bosses that you fought in the different campaigns. So yeah. I think that is, it shows that he, he is the OD things that you're fighting. That's him. He's all of them, essentially yeah. controlling. Them. Yeah. And then after, and when you finish this chapter, you you end up getting a choice, which leads into the final chapter of what character you want to play. And this is where you can choose. There's two different and there's two different endings. If you choose Orsteed, you get the bad ending, which is just Orsteed fighting each of the bosses by himself from the game, and then he's like, "I'm the Demon King" and something like that, and it says bad. It says bad ending. Yeah, yeah, I never did that one. So and you're not this thing. I did it just to do it. I think I did it originally because I liked Orsteed. When I first played this game, I did it this playthrough just because I wanted to see it to, to say that one sentence about it. Yeah. <laughs> the real final chapter is where you pick any of the other characters and then you start off in the Orsteed's world, the medieval chapter in that town, but everything is different. Everything is colored differently, has like a like a fog over it. I think it's a good way to put it. Yeah, I, I remember it just being kind of like just shrouded in darkness is kind of the best way I say it, but yeah. It's really cool. It is. And then, so we're on the final chapter. And yes. I'm like, God, I don't remember because it's been such a long time. Uh, I remember I put the uh, Akira in my team. Do you remember who your team was? You kind of... I can tell you who my team was this playthrough. I yes. picked Oboro Ob- Ob- to start with because he's, he's the fastest runner. So I picked him to start with. And then I went and got Akira, Masasuru, and I can't remember who else I had. I just beat this game two days ago. Yeah, it's, it's hard to remember the team you fight with. And Pogo. I had Pogo because the guy had recommended Pogo. It recommended Oboro. It recommended either Masasaru or the monk. And then they recommended Sunset. I actually recommended Cube because Cube is the best healer, but I didn't want Cube. I took uh, Akira. I like Akira. That's right. Yeah, I know. I did have Cube. Yeah. Cube is um, the best healer in the game for this. But I just didn't. His whole thing is how you level him. Or not level him, but you, he doesn't level up. You have to get parts for him. So it all depends on how you play it. But the thing that's interesting about this chapter is depending on who you pick, you start in a different spot wherever they would start. Oh, that's right. And you have to go and find your whole team members again. Yeah. Because they're, they're all off. 
They're like around the village, right? I, um, they're all in different spots. Masasaru is in prison. You have to go to the jail cell in the castle. Oh, and so that's another thing that's interesting. It's like depending on Akira's passed out in 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 the town, so he's easy to find. Cube is up on top of a roof, but he doesn't work at first. You have to find parts to put him back together. Uh, Sunset is the hardest one to get where he's you have to literally have to find him in eight different places and talk to him and he'll move each place after you talk to him until you can finally get him. I remember definitely using a guide for this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're supposed to get the true ending, which I dumbass didn't do. You're supposed to get every character to join you. I did all but two because I didn't feel like getting Cube or Sunset. I'm just like, I need to finish this game. Oh, yeah, I, I kind of regret it because you just you don't have, you have to just get them in your party. Then you can get rid of them and go find your other guy, which all the other characters go to the same spots. So they're easy to find. Yeah. If you know where to look, which I did, but I just didn't do it. Time. Yeah, I I was running really late in this game, and I'm like, I gotta beat this for the show. So, is there... I, Alright, the, the thing that I remember most about the game in general is the final battle. Is there a dungeon leading up to the final battle? I don't remember it yes so the, the final area you're in you're in the medieval chapter one thing they added is each character has their own special dungeon they have to be with you to go to is that to get their like ultimate weapon or they yes, have to get their ultimate weapon yeah. and really good equipment yeah, yeah each, what each place is kind of based on them as a character like so i'll go through i'll go i did six of the eight or six or five of the seven i think five of the seven um, like Oboros is a is a like a is is in the town. You go in different buildings. You, each each be different entrances. You have to fight ninjas to get keys. And as you fight, as you get these you get these keys, unlock doors, and you progress through this place to finally get his like legendary sword sitting on a table. But it, it's it's annoying as hell. But it's cool. Um, the other ones that I one of the other ones I did is Akira's, where you only way to get to Akira's is by accident. You have to teleport because you can, you have the ability to teleport in this game. As Akira, where that's his that's his version of run, he'll teleport. And sometimes when you teleport, you'll end up in his dungeon. And you have to go with his dungeon, you just run through. But the thing about every dungeon, their weapon is sitting on a table, whatever their weapon is. Like for Akira, it's a glove sitting on a table that you grab a glove. And you get teleport out of the dungeon. And it's just really cool to see these little icons sitting on a table. And that's how you... And I did... I didn't... I did the, the monk's dungeon, which is just... He breaks open a stone that you have to use different of his... You have to pick which one of his abilities he used to break these different stones open. Mm. And then you just run through a maze and fight monks that fall in love with you for some reason. Like they literally they see you go, oh my god, oh boy, oh, and they get little hearts. It was really <laughs> stupid, but it was funny. And it conserved no purpose. Nothing happened in the battle. I was like, okay. Yeah. And the caveman one, you have to sniff a certain area to get to find this hidden rock, and he'll punch the rock, and then he'll find his weapon, which is a bone, a bone axe or something. Uh, sunsets is a time chapter, I guess. I didn't do it, but that's what I was reading. Yeah. It's really cool that they have these different things in there. And I only did like, I, I can't remember. I only did one or two. I was kind of like at the time I was like wanting to get to the final battle because mm-hmm. I was like right there. I, I know was when I played this before, either I a never beat this game or B I stopped at this point and just, and just leveled and never did. But I know I never did the dungeon before. Okay. Well, so I guess if you're ready, we can discuss the final battle. <laughs> Just about. Um, the only other thing I do want to say, there are two optional bosses in the secret area. One is a giant fish that kicked my ass, and then one I didn't even bother to fight. I, I remember the fish. I never touched it. I was just like, no. He's hard. <laughs> He's hard as hell. He, I tried, and he just kicked my ass. I'm like, okay, I'm done. It's and, good bosses, you know? Have them in there. 
Well, I, I, it's a normal RPG trend where you have a final, bo- you have a secret boss that's you know way harder than the final boss of the game. But yeah, that's that's yeah. fine. You say hey, we can talk about the ending and the the ending area. So because the final battle did, I remember this now that I'm like I'm seeing a picture of the final battle and I'm remembering. Did you ever you uh, just for oh, Undertale spoilers? Did you ever play Undertale? No, you never did. Okay, so. Toby Fox, uh, the creator of Undertale, I know one of his big inspirations for it is Live A Live. And I oh. remember, yeah, yeah. And I remember him saying that and just being like, okay, like, you know, obviously Earthbound inspiration as well. But I remember playing, yeah, there's a very specific part of Undertale. And I was like, ah, this is the Live A Live thing. This is how he's inspired by it. And the, I believe it's the final battle. Um, is that what kind of stayed with me the most in Live A Life for some reason? Um, I guess probably the last part of the game is just how it stuck. But it's such a cool, like, of course, being able to choose the characters that you bring in that you've like garnered over the entire game and how each one basically has its own ability. I always I just loved that. And just every it's obviously very different from a standard traditional jrpg where it's like hey your four team is you know that you've had through the entire game here they are but it's like these characters are obviously from different timelines and you've been with each one each individual and how they have a different story and just how they come together and how they how then that fight works i remember i did have a little bit of trouble with him um i remember i I think I save scummed it back in the day. I just like <laughs> nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I saved state. I just was like, okay, hit me here and I load state, you know, and I just eventually just took him down. Yeah, but I really, I just really like the design of this final boss. Very, like, as obviously like dark, like evil dark angel style going on. Yeah, it's it's very good. And when and when and when your characters end up seeing the statues of all the villains that they fought. I like that too because they come in that they go in that same room and they'll see all the statues. Yeah, that's right. Can't you like interact with them too? Just like I think you can talk to them and they'll say something about the ones that they like. Oh, I fought this guy. Yeah, yeah. So if they're in your party, I think, which is kind of cool. And then the the final boss fight is really weird as fuck. <laughs> it is super weird. <laughs> it's the strangest part. So you end up you you fight Orsteed, who's now the Demon King, and it, it's a boss fight that makes me think of a lot of Final Fantasy VI in a way because it, it's a, a giant mouth and two eyes. I don't know why I just made me think of Kefka, but it did. And yeah, then like a, a creature that's hidden by wings that you can't touch. Apparently, if you want to, you can actually fight him when he's covered in wings, where he won't do some of his his attack, and just, and you only hit him for one hit point. He has nine hundred some health, and you can take him out that way. But I wasn't going to do that. That seems stupid. Yeah. <laughs> but if you take out the two eyeballs and the mouth, he ends up opening up and going to the center of the screen. And that's like the, the true final fight. Yeah. Of this, of this like monk, like looking thing. Like you're supposed to be Orsteed in a flower with wings. Yeah. Yeah. He's powerful though. It's just super strange. And like uh, the game is, uh, gosh, I guess you could say the entire game itself is strange, but it's like a different kind of weird, you know? But it, it it's a cool fight though. I mean, it's a cool final boss fight. He can do a lot of damage though. Yeah, yeah. He messed me up during this fight. And another thing we hadn't talked about during a, during in, this, in the combat: if a character dies in combat, they fall down. A little halo goes above their head, and you have you. And there's no phoenix down in this game. You can heal them with any item that you want to use or any healing ability, and they'll come back to life. But if the enemy hits them before you heal them, they are out of that battle. That's right. Yeah, and you can uh, reviving them. I remember it's kind of easy. Just use any item. Any healing yeah. thing will bring them back. There's yeah. no need to do anything special. 
Oh yeah, we're liking that. Mm-hmm. It, it's definitely nice. It's not a bad thing. But yeah, overall, I just remember the final battle just sticking with me. Kind of its weird imagery, you know. Um, and overall, just had a like. I think it wrapped it up quite nicely. I did get the true ending. I Lord, I don't remember much of it though. I just remember it being kind of just happy. So after you beat the final boss fight, there's another boss fight, depending on whatever characters that were in your party at the time that when you or not any any character that you had went and found during this time, they go and fight their final boss fight from their chapter all over again. But this time they're by themselves if they had a partner. Yeah. And for me, I only had to fight five of the seven, which I kind of regretted not doing the other two, but I would have had to level up the other two if I would have done them, or at least one of them I would have had to level up. So that was kind of cool to see that. And they fight their their final bosses all over again by themselves and beat all their final bosses. And then the game ends and you see a, a different ending depending on what characters that you each character that you rescued has a little ending. Yeah. I... Pogo has a baby with a girl and then the and then the monkey has like eight babies with other monkeys and just little things like that. It's, it's, it's cute. Yeah, yeah, I remember it just being a nice little happy ending. I mean, Cube ends up seeing it. Which I didn't see the Cube part because I didn't have him in my party. He ends up at some computer core with the corporal and the and the guy that made him is still alive. And it, it's cool that they did this. And Masaru, the, the wrestler, is just training. And then he leaves. That's it. Yeah. yeah. It's definitely interesting, though, the, the, that they had these little chapters in the end of the game. Yeah. It all, it all ties together really nicely to something that's truly special that Unfortunately, we have not had sense. <laughs> no. And then the final little scene that you get for this true ending is you see the, all the characters of Silhouette are running towards the sunset. I remember, that's the scene I remember. Okay, I was thinking. I didn't get that because yeah. I didn't get two of the characters that I kicked myself for. You know, just like, uh, I don't got yeah. time. Yeah. I had time, but I, it's busy. But yeah, that's left live a little. <laughs> Man, just going through the whole thing is like, an onrush of memories for me. And it's a good game. Yeah, just how special it really is. And it's sad that Square hasn't done anything with it. No, and it, I don't think Square will ever. I honestly don't see this getting at this point getting re-released. You don't think so? No, they, they could have done it so many times. Just throw it on the eShop. They just have there must be some reason that's holding the back. Maybe they just don't think it, it's worth it to translate it and edit stuff or whatever they feel they need to. They just don't care. It's not a brand they're trying to, you know, push. I guess it's just, yeah, I get it. I just, I see, I see Saga coming out, like, with pretty solid, consistent new releases and remakes. And I'm like, why? Why is Saga getting, listen, I, Saga is fine, but it has a lot of problems that I just, it's too experimental for me. But, like, Live They Live is good. It's like, I think it's solid all around I, it's experimental but i also don't think it's unaccessible in the way that saga games can be well, like i played a lot of saga frontier for playstation one and like for example that game if you level too much in that game that is not a good thing because you yeah. the bosses will level up with you it <laughs> doesn't have game. the traditional rpg mechanics that the this game had so i got saga frontier for the ps1 uh, like back in 20 whatever or Kotaku, whenever kotaku wrote an article about it about how the final boss doesn't actually end and that's when I bought it on off eBay and I played it there and I just remember booting it up and I was just like, literally the entire world is open to you immediately. And I was just kind of like, oh, this is too much. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, it's I a had, very complicated game. Yeah. And I had more power to it for being experimental, but there is a way to do it that I think Live They Live does. And it does in a way that like isn't 
doesn't hurt the player, you know, it doesn't, you know, it, there definitely is player experimentation, like obviously going around and trying different things, but in the way that Saga is just kind of like, hey, you're just going to die or you're just not going to find out where to go. Whereas like Livy Live is more or less like, hey, you're, oh, you might get a cool item. You might, you know, unlock something or see something new. It doesn't punish you for experimenting where I think Saga does. Yeah, that's why I've always had a hard time with Saga Frontier. Like I'm a big fan of it and they remastered it recently. And I've been just tempted to, to buy that because I'm sure there's quality of life improvements in that game. Because I love this series because of this game. You and I know it's not part of the Saga series. I like a game where I can choose different characters to start with, where their stories have something sort of to do with each other. I like that idea. Totally. And I love Square, I, so. I I played, I did buy the Saga Frontier remaster. It's a gorgeous remaster. They really touched up on a lot, and I had a good time with it. Um, I probably will go back to it one day. I just, it's, again, it is so just doesn't hold your hand doesn't tell you anything about how anything's going on so it's like following a guide and kind of being like the even the guide is super like make sure you don't do this or make sure you go here and it's just like even the guide is talking riddles and you know the game's confusing when even the guide is like confusing you yeah (laughs) you know in recent saga games uh, saga scarlet grace is solid at least it holds your hand a little bit more. In other words, it teaches you how to play the game first. <laughs> Which is always nice. Yeah. I think the artwork is where uh, Saga excels. Uh, that, that, can I remember that name's artist, uh, the artist's name? But, uh, man, Saga's artwork is incredible. But, yeah. Okay. And we were talking about earlier, like, there are, there had, like, Romance and Saga, I think two or three have been brought back since yeah, then. But, but this game has not. Ever been translated or re-released or any re-released, but not over here, unfortunately. I do think this would do well. Like, I, I think Square is more on the ball when it comes to making money than like Nintendo is, and I do think I think you could release this on a Switch, you know, like prettied up, and it would sell like crazy. I if, if you need to pretty it up, just retranslate it and throw it out there. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, think- hey, if, if Moon came out, you know, in America in this day and age, then so can Live a Live. <laughs> I would have bought it. Yeah, I would buy I, it. No, they re-released it. I would buy it, hundred percent, just to see the actual like what the translation is supposed to be. Yeah, I mean, I'm it's, fine with what they what we got, but I wouldn't mind seeing the actual like you know what the what they feel that we we're supposed to have. Yeah, and it's just one of you know as of now, it's just one of Square's just IPs just sitting there. And the way I'm not sure you you know, but. There was a Square had a Japanese exclusive online mecha battling game, kind of like Gundam, kind of like Gundam versus, but not. Uh, that's just the best way to describe it. Uh, but it was Japan exclusive, and in that game, you could purchase uh, Xeno Gears X, <laughs> and that was the last time they ever touched the IP. And, what was this game called? Oh gosh, uh, a quick Google search will help me. I've always been a fan of tracking down Square's different Japanese-only games that came out. Like, I've played a few of their SNES ones, like Treasure of the Rudrosh, which I've never finished yet but on my list. And I've also played Treasure Hunter. I tried Treasure Hunter G, but I didn't get very far, and I played a lot of Bahamut Lagoon. I never played Bahamut Lagoon, really. I was always curious about that. Good game. Hard, but good game. But due to emulation, I you can experience those games now. You know, they're out. there's translations there. Yeah, that was a Front Mission 5 game that we never got. 
Really? I've, yeah. I've never got into, I never played Front Mission. I go, listen, the only Front Mission game I've ever played was Front Mission Evolved. <laughs> I played that too. <laughs> it, Front Mission is long and a little hard to get into. Yeah, it's just, it's max. Um, also, I found it. Uh, it's Front called, Mission Online? Sorry, what? Was it Front Mission Online? No, no, no. It was, uh, uh, it's a game called Figureheads. Huh. It shut down in 2018, but it, <laughs> I think Square just has a lot of weird Japanese like exclusive stuff that just kind of like I think they tested and just dropped. But yes, this game Figureheads had Xenogears mechs in it, uh, and it was free to play. So you know, probably in gotcha mechanics or something. I would have paid. Yeah, I would have too. They, <laughs> Square did figures for um, Ellie, Faye, and uh, Watal um, not too long ago, and I purchased. Uh, Oh gosh, Faye and um, Watal, but eventually I'll purchase Ellie. I've seen those. Yeah, that's yeah. Anyway, getting off topic. <laughs> love Xenogears. Love Live a Live. Square, you know, Square is weird, right? They, they they live their own world, but they do they do know how to make money. I think they know how to make money now. Back in twenty like thirteen, like twenty Final Fantasy thirteen trilogy, Square. I don't think knew how to make money, but I think they know how to make money now. <laughs> Like, <laughs> I love thirteen. Don't I? But it's not a bad game. No, I, I actually like that whole trilogy a lot. But um, <laughs> I think they, I unfortunately they have not finished it. Really, I only I mean, beat I, thirteen. Hey, that's most probably need. That's uh, two and Lightning Returns are very weird. And I, pl- I played twenty minutes. I played a few hours of thirteen two until I found a glitch where I could not progress to the game because I went into a room and didn't grab an item because the game didn't make me, and then I could not play the game any farther. Oh, dang. So I have never finished it. Sucks. Uh, well, I mean, as far as on the live side of things, the Xeno series is at least living on happily more popular than ever, even if it can't technically, you know, be the same series. At least Xenoblade is living on more successful than ever. And I'm I'm happy about that, even though I never played any of those series. Yet. Oh, you never played? Oh, it's so good. Um, Someday. Yeah, there. Yeah, one day they're long as heck. <laughs> That's why I haven't played them. Yeah. All right. I want to go to questions, comments, or memories. I actually do have a few things to say. People did comment. Not very many. Not oh. very many at all. First one from the RPG Lovers Worldwide Unite group. I got one from Lucas Seward. God, I missed the time when Square was producing one banger after the other. Yeah. <laughs> Back in the day. And from, yeah, I watched the entire Overblood Super Replay. First one from Michael Tolan. This is one of those games they actually should have ported but never did. Yeah. yeah. I, I I agree, as I've said before. This Especially now I'm going to find out that it had a Wii U release and it had a release. This game exists. Just just port it. Yeah, like you have <laughs> the right. It kind of bothers me. You, you made money off it. During like the uh, we use time, you can make money off it now. <laughs> yeah, they put it in the 3ds eShop, so that means you have the code, you have the game itself. Just translate it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I know it's not that simple. I know it costs money, but it's still. I feel like it can't be that expensive to translate a game. But yeah, I don't really I, know. The Switch is a money maker. You know, like should you put anything like especially a classic JRPG. You put a classic JRPG on the Switch. It's like I mean, heck, Square does this stuff. I'm sorry, we know with the Pixel uh, Perfect remake. <laughs> Like, yeah, yes. of course they of course they don't know how to make money. 
I mean, you. This could easily be released for ten, fifteen dollars. You could sell it in un. Well, maybe ten. Ten. You could easily sell this in unreleased Super Nintendo RPG from SquareSoft and Makers of Final Fantasy. Yeah, yeah throw it on the eShop on Nintendo Switch. It would sell. I would buy it. Oh yeah, you make buckets that way. Like, <laughs> it's not enough. Yeah, but okay. Hey. Um, yeah. And the one other, <laughs> one other question to read from this group is from Ron Huntone. Well, you're going to need to answer this question. What the hell is this? Yeah. <laughs> uh, we hope we answered it. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, an RPG that is really good that never came to America, unfortunately. Yeah, it's uh, it's up there. You know, I, there's there's so many. You know, there's so many really classic games that never came to America, and it's like Live a Live is one of them. Nice. It's like, yeah. I'm I'm bummed that it never came. I'm <laughs> I'm bummed more people can't experience it. And I from still the- have hope. If Saga is getting love, then I maybe one day Live a yeah. Live will get that. More hopeful than I am. Oh, uh, <laughs> funny question or funny comment, I should say, memory. So back when Final Fantasy Chronicles came out, Final Fantasy IV and Chrono Trigger, I remember talking to some random guy at Babbage's and, and we were talking. He's like, oh, I hope that they make another Final Fantasy thing or something where they or some other collection for PS1. They put Secret Man. I'm like, they should put Live a Live on. And I was talking about this game because I just played it. Mm-hmm. I remember the guy just looking at me like, what the hell are you saying? <laughs> and it's just funny to me that at that time that that Mike thought that there would ever be a chance they'd put this game on, on a PS1 thing. Like, come on. Uh, and that's never changed. That, that, that people still have the same reaction. What the yep. hell is this? <laughs> yep. And I bring it up. I bring it up quite often. I have talked about this game a little bit on the show before. And I talk about this game to people I met. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like this game. All right. And then I have a couple comments from the RPG Collective group. Uh, first one from Jim Lowe. Is it pronounced Live Alive or Live Alive? I guess however you want to pronounce it, because we both yeah. have pronounced it two different ways. I, whatever you feel like in that time. <laughs> or one guy says, I always pronounce it live alive, because that's how it sounds. Live alive. I've always said live alive, as I've said throughout this entire episode. Live alive. Yeah, I, it's changed for me. <laughs> Just like It's hard to say, because there is no pronunciation of it, not like anyone's ever said it in English that, you know, made the game. So Yeah, square, get on it so we know how to pronounce it. <laughs> From Ahmed Fazi Hassan, so it's exclusive in Japan. Yes, but there are other ways to play it. Well, only other ways to play it in America. And from Jury Loonberger, tried the ninja chapter and failed. Then tried the cowboy chapter and failed. But I think it's a very interesting concept, but I don't like the battle system. Too confusing. One day I will finish it. Interesting. You're missing out. I can understand that. Huh. Maybe it's just kind of tackling the battle system and thinking it's deeper than it actually is. I don't know. Because I, I don't. Huh. It, I mean, it's, it's a little not... deeper. And well, one of the problems is nothing's explained. Like the abilities that's, aren't really explained. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of trial and error to know what does what. I mean, they will give you an description like, oh, it does a fire attack, but it's not like a very good description. Yeah. I just I drop games so quickly if they don't like at least kind of tell me a little bit of what's going on. Just in terms like I I have a lot of games it's just kind of like I struggle with of like it's just oh a lot of Oh god, what's the PC games? Oh, just like weird little Steam stuff that I can't think of the name. Things like Outward are games are just drop you in there and they're like, here's a world and just good luck, figure it out. Those frustrate me so much, but I love them so much. It's just like I wish they were more accessible for me. Um, but I always thought that Live They Live was pretty I didn't think it was too confusing, but maybe it's just how maybe it's who you start with. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's a lot about who you start with. I mean, for me, my friend had found this first and was playing it. So he was able to explain a little bit of what we were doing when I started playing it. And we both started with the wrestler, which is very straightforward battle. Yeah. So, yeah, if I start with Cube, heck, that's like. 
you won't, you'll be into it a very different game. Yeah. And I have two comments left to read from the Super Nintendo Super Group from Holden M. I haven't finished it. I just have a file in limbo after doing the robot, Caveman and Ninja. I played the robot first, and I'm glad I did. To me, even as a standalone or intro sequence, that was a masterful experience. Totally. Which we talked about earlier. Like it, Something that when I first played it, I didn't like it. Then, wow, is it good now when I replayed it. And last comment from Robbie Cans. A buddy of mine on Instagram makes high-quality repros of Super Famicom games. Okay. Cool. <laughs> you know, I'm actually glad that people, you know, especially with something like this, I'm glad that somebody's doing it because somebody will play this game for the first time because of that port. And I'm yeah. okay with that. Because if it's, I, I don't, I don't agree with piracy in, in certain aspects, but when it comes to something like this, that it doesn't exist in America and it's not re-released, if that's the way that you experience this game in America is by getting a repo cart of somebody fine, you know, it's, it's like we would pay money if we could, you know, like square the wallets ready for you, but (laughs) they don't want it. So it's like, okay, they don't want to put the investment in thinking, you know, for the loss. Yeah. (laughs) Or it just isn't worth the trouble for them to hire people to make, you know, they're only going to make, you know, 30% off what they put in. Not worth it. Maybe or something of that nature. Yeah. I I feel like they would be surprised at how much money they make from it, but yeah, I mean, unless maybe it didn't sell great when it came out in the Wii U Virtual Console, or when they released it in the 3DS shop the year after, so it must have not been too bad. I want to look at, um, I don't know how I would find this, but I want to look at Moon, that RPG, and how well that sold here. Super, uh, have you heard of Moon? Uh, yeah, I played Moon. Moon's yeah, a good game. Um, yeah, I just, in terms of, like, I feel like that is a level of obscure and a level of weird that even, like, that goes beyond Live They Live. So I feel like if that sold well, like, heck, you know. Okay, I lied. I didn't play Moon RPG. I played To the Moon. I know oh, what this yeah. is, though. I never played yeah. it. Yeah, no, Moon, super, super weird, you know. And I feel like if that made money, then then Live a Life could make money easily. Yeah, because I've heard nothing. I heard a lot of weird shit about Moon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, hey, I think it'd be a good episode for you one day. I never finished it, but it's it's pretty... Uh, it's another one of those games that inspired Undertale and kind of a lot of about Undertale's vibes come from Moon. It's a very positive look at humanity. Huh. Only yeah, 15 and a half hours. That's, that's not that bad because this game was 17. It's said in how long to beat. And that's how I judge things. Well, hey, that's a good way to do it. Games are too long for me now. So <laughs> same. Now yeah. that I do this podcast, it's <laughs> I can't play too long of games. Yeah, I get it. Oh. All right. So that brings us to our last section to shelf stack. Or a box. Uh, shelf means something you really like. Stack means something eh, kind of like the gray area that you like, but you just don't want to display it. And box means something you disliked. And I'll go first. This is obviously going to go on the shelf for me. I have played this. I have loved this game since I first played it back in I want early 2000s. And I still really enjoy it. It is still such a really good little RPG. It's hard. And it has some parts that are a little frustrating at times. But it's a really cool little game. And I'm so glad I got to replay it. And I'm hoping that by us talking about it, somebody out there is now going to Google online and find it and play it on their phone or PC. I'm hoping that somebody's encouraged to try out this game. Yeah, 100 percent. So it's going on the shelf and I'm so glad we we got I I found someone that was willing to talk about it with me because I (laughs) I couldn't find it. Hey, I'm glad I could be here to talk about it. And of course, um, I would shelf this with a special edition and figures. It's such a weird, lovely game. Uh, obscure JRPGs are my favorite thing. They're so strange. They're so good, and they're so much fun. Whenever you find a little, a little hit that still holds up, in my opinion, really well today, that I, you know, I think it's hard to find a 
16, well, I actually a lot of 16-bit JRPGs hold up, but I think when you find one that does something different that you play today and you're still kind of like, huh, I haven't played anything like this. If you're able to find a game like that, that's special in and of itself. But the fact that it does so much beyond and just like just being unique is what I think makes this game really special. Yeah, it's definitely a one-of-a-kind type of game. Yeah. And that's really great. Square, it's up to you now. <laughs> and before we get into plugs, where can people find you at again? Oh, uh, I am over. Okay, I guess first I am at Chris Persona One on Twitter. Um, my whole group, my whole little YouTube channel group, is the Pretentious Nerds. Just type it out on Google or YouTube, and you'll we'll come I'll be up. Link in the show notes too. Sweet, thank you. Um, yeah, we do basically anything, everything. So, uh, my friend does anime and kind of just like anime stories. I have a friend who, another friend there who does movie analysis, really in depth, crazy stuff. I am the expert consultant, basically all things, video games. I play every single game imaginable that I can, even sports games. Um, (laughs) I have put that in there. (laughs) Uh, JRPGs are my thing though. I have been doing crazy stuff. I just did a video on, the Shadowverse uh, card game uh, demo on Switch, really cool. I did a, we did a Scarlet Nexus uh, video where my friend watched the anime and I had already played the game, so we kind of compared notes. Um, check that out. But uh, yeah, we're pretentious nerds on YouTube. Okay, and I should introduce what we're gonna be talking about next week. So next week is also my pick. We're gonna be talking about Pikmin Two for GameCube. Oh, Pikmin Two. Because I've never played it, and I need an excuse to finally play it. There you go. Did you play Pikmin 3? Uh, no. Okay, getting, time to get into the Pikmin series, then. <laughs> I played Pikmin 1 uh, last year. God, not last year. Over a year ago for the show, I played Pikmin 1. So this will be my first time playing Pikmin 2. Oh, did you like it? I love Pikmin 1. Oh, really? Okay. Time to see if 2 is like to your liking. <laughs> I, I'm hopeful. I've heard good things about it, so I'm about to start it up after, today after I get done with this recording. So I'm hopeful. Yeah, Pig's a neat little series. So. so we'll see. And I also, and if you're listening to this still, I also want to let us know that, like I said before, you have one day, when you, if you're hearing this on day of releases on Sunday, to go do that Patreon poll. I'm going to leave it open until July 3rd, my time. Or not July 3rd, August 3rd, my time. So that'll be that Tuesday once it hits that. I'm closing the poll. So we have a tie. So please go vote if you're listening to this on the day it came out. You have a day. You can vote when anime movie we're going to be. And then also the anime poll is going to be starting around the same time, too. I'll just throw it up there at the first of the month, and you guys can vote on that. You can decide what pilot test episode we're going to cover, what anime we're going to watch for the first episode. of. So definitely go check that out. You can find that for as little as a dollar. You can vote in our Patreon. So please go to it. And for $10, if you have a podcast or YouTube channel, you can go to our Patreon. I will I will plug you four times in the month. For your and check out your podcast or YouTube channel. So definitely go do do that if you if you want a little extra and help us out. And please want to give a shout out to our awesome intro and outro, courtesy of Bobby, aka Mike Tony from ZP Bite the Bullet, song the Cool Kid Squad. You will see a link in the show note to his YouTube channel. Definitely go check him out. Also want to give a give a shout out to Bill Tucker, a friend of the show who does the MCU with me. He launched his podcast earlier this year, Gamer Looks at Forty. So definitely check that out. You will see a link in the show notes to that too. And please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and on YouTube. We are on YouTube. Just audio, but we're there. So definitely go check us out on there, too, and hit subscribe. And we will see you guys all next time. Bye, everybody. Bye.